want to welcome you to Tipping Point Prophecy Update, and I'm going to bring the final episode of the Word War here, and I hope you've been enjoying these. It's uh, sure full of a lot of important truths for the days that we're living in, and today I have a very special uh, podcast to share with you, and I want to talk to you. I've been talking to you about just the, the reality of how Satan attacks the Word of God. He hates the Word of God. He's hated it since the Garden of Eden. He's going to hate it till the very end. But we win. The Word of God, Revelation 19, that I shared last time, we return with Jesus, the Word of God, and we win, and Jesus wins for all of eternity. So it's worth it to fight this battle. But let me share with you uh, a prophecy. This is from 1 Timothy chapter 1. You know, Timothy was a young man, and he was being mentored by the Apostle Paul. And Paul was a, a good father to Timothy. Uh, but Paul told Timothy, don't let anybody look down on your youthfulness. You know, he was trying to encourage him because, you know, it's tough. Being a pastor of a church is very tough. I've done it for 40 years. And it's a, it's a challenging, it's fulfilling, but it's very challenging, especially when you're young. And I started out in the ministry at 28. I began as a senior pastor of a thousand-member church when I was 29. And let me just tell you, when you're 29, you don't know much, you know. And so older people, many of them were very sweet to me, but, you know, they kind of look at you like, what do you know, boy? And, and looking back on it, I don't blame them. But it's when you're young, it's tough. So here's the Apostle Paul, 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected, concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So Paul is encouraging Timothy, and he's telling him, I want you to remember the prophecies that were previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Well, I want to talk about the Word of God. Remember now, Jesus fought the greatest battle that has ever been fought on planet Earth. Jesus himself fought Satan himself, as is recorded in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. And Satan came with three temptations to Jesus, always manipulating the truth, always manipulating Scripture. And in every case where Satan tempted Jesus, Jesus responded with, It is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus himself defeated Satan himself with three scriptures. And so this, the word of God is nuclear in the spirit realm. Hebrews 4 tells us the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And what that means is, remember, in part one, I told you that the word of God is the most powerful force in the universe. See, in the natural, sometimes we just don't get that. We don't understand it. But the, the entire universe was created by the word of God. It's the most powerful force in the universe, and it's what Satan fears the most. He doesn't want us to know the word. He doesn't want us to understand the word. He doesn't want us in the word. He wants us to let our Bible gather dust or you know, what, however you read the Bible, your phone, your iPad, or whatever. But I'm saying he doesn't want us to be people of the word, and he certainly doesn't want us to confess the word because confessing the word is critical in defeating Satan. Remember Ephesians 6, where the Apostle Paul is telling us that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual forces of darkness and heavenly places. He talks about the armor of God there, and he's just going through basically the Roman, a Roman soldier's armor. But the only offensive weapon he mentions 
is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have a helmet of salvation that covers our thinking. When Satan is trying to attack our thinking, the Word of God covers our thinking. Breastplate of righteousness, which means Satan comes after us with condemnation, but we're righteous by the blood of Jesus according to the Word of God. Our loins are girded with truth, and that's an interesting thing that it says there, that our loins are girded with truth. That's like a belt. Our, our, our middle area of our bodies, our hips, is where we reproduce and eliminate. When, you, when your loins are girded with truth, you reproduce truth and you eliminate error. When your loins are not girded with truth, you reproduce error and you eliminate truth. Okay, this is the principle I've been telling you about. When you receive truth, you qualify for more. When you reject truth, you lose the truth that you have. And so we need to be people of truth. Our loins are girded with truth. We reproduce truth. We eliminate error in our lives. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That, that means we're ready to be witnesses for Jesus. We're, we're a people of peace, but we, we are not ashamed of Jesus, and we share our testimony. Witnessing is not what you do. It's who you are. And when you have a person around you that you're going to witness to, all it means is you just tell them what Jesus did for you. It's that simple. You know, no one can take away my personal uh, experience with Jesus. You can mock it or believe it or not believe it. But when people are around us and they're hurting or they're down and out, it's the perfect opportunity. And it means that we're ready to do it. Our, we're, we have our shoes ready to, to go wherever God tells us to go and say whatever he tells us to say. But then it says that we have a shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now they have to go together. And this shield, the Roman soldiers had two types of shields. They had a little hubcap shield, but they also had a full body shield. This is talking about the full body shield. Faith covers us. Faith in God extinguishes the flaming missiles of the devil, his lies, his deception, his condemnation, all of his lies. Faith, remember, in one hand you have the shield, in the other hand you have the sword. They go together. Faith in the word of God is what gives us the victory over the devil. But the only offensive weapon, the damage that you're going to do the devil, if you hate the devil and you want to win over the devil, then open your mouth and quote God's word. And say, Well, what do I quote? The opposite of what he's telling you. If he's telling you you can't be forgiven, if he's condemning you, if he's telling you God isn't real, the word of God is not true, you're a loser, you're a jerk, you'll never succeed, you've done too much, blah, 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 all of his, all the same old lies that he tells everybody, you have to quote the word of God. You have to speak truth back to him. You have to war with the word, okay? But let, let, me, let me talk. So the word of God is our weapon. The word of God is nuclear. It's the most powerful force in the universe. We have to be people of the word if we're going to win the word war. But let me go back to what Paul was telling Timothy. He says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concern them, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Well, there's two types of prophecy, okay? There's Bible prophecy, end-time prophecy, or prophecies that related to the first coming of Jesus. There's that kind of prophecy, but there's also personal prophecy. Did you know that prophecy is the only gift that's mentioned every time gifts of the Spirit are mentioned? Okay, so prophecy is a very important gift to the body of Christ, and the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 that it's given for edification, exhortation, and consolation. It's not like an angry Old Testament prophet that you come to somebody and tell them that they're going to go to hell if they don't change or something like that. It is an, it's a very, very encouraging gift in the body of Christ. Now, it always agrees with the Word. If, if you have received a prophecy 
a word from God directly or a prophecy from another believer, it should feed you, it should encourage you, it should console you. That's the purpose of prophecy. It never is to be directive. If a person comes to you and tells you, hey, God told me you're supposed to give me $1,000, don't listen to it. Uh, don't let somebody manipulate you like that. Now, if God told you to give them $1,000 and they say that to you and it's confirming, great, you know, give them $1,000. But, but it should never be controlling. It should never be directive. It should just be confirming and it should be comforting. Well, let me give you some examples of this because you, you war. The Apostle Paul was telling Timothy, hey, Timothy, now I know you're in ministry. I know you're a young man. I know that it can be discouraging, it can be tough, but I want you to remember the word that you were given, the prophecies personally that were spoken over you that you can wage the good warfare. Well, see, when the Lord gives you a prophetic word, it's telling you things are going to be okay. Okay, Remember, God's not in time. Time is a prison that we're in, but God's not in that prison. God spans all of time. He's the great I am. He's transcendent. And so God knows your future. And so he wants to tell us, uh, by the way, Jesus told us in John 16 that the Holy Spirit would tell us things to come. Well, why does the Holy Spirit tell us things to come? To encourage us. He wants to tell you it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. That God's on your side. You're, you're going to win. Okay. Why does he tell you that? So that you can fight your way through it. So in the dark days, in the discouraging days, when you're in the valley, that you can remember God spoke to you that you're going to reach the mountaintop. It's going to be okay. Let me give you some, some examples of this. Let me give you a couple of personal examples of this. Um, my mom and dad uh, were not believers uh, when I was growing up. I, I actually led them to the Lord uh, after I went into the ministry. But the Lord called me in the ministry, and I worked for my mom and dad. And we had a very successful business, and I was the future of the business. I was going to take the business over. And I really didn't care anything about it. Um, I, I wanted to go into the ministry. The Lord had called me into the ministry. And so I um, uh, told my dad one day, I went into his office. The Lord spoke to me that I would be going to the ministry. Then the pastor of our church came up to me and asked me to come on staff as a marriage and pre-marriage pastor. Well, I had no credentials to do that. But people in the church came to Karen and me for counseling because the Lord had saved our marriage and, you know, we help people in the area of marriage. So I prayed about it. Karen and I prayed about it. And the Lord said, go into the ministry. So I went to my dad into his office one day at work and I knew, I knew it was going to be a hard conversation. And I said, Daddy, I'm, uh, the Lord has called me uh, into the ministry. And I said, and I'm, I'm giving you my notice. I want to give you plenty of time so that you can, you know, make whatever changes you need to make. But I just want you to know uh, I've enjoyed working for you and I'm thankful for everything you've done for me, but I'm going to go into ministry. Well, my dad looked at me when I said that and he said, I never want to see you again. And he disowned me. And um, so, you know, it's just shocking to say the least. And so I left the store that day. I mean, I, 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 there was no notice to be given. He told me to leave and never want to see me again. So um, I walked out and got my car, and I, and I was in shock. I mean, I was just, you know, it, it's surreal. And I got in my car, and I pulled. I remember the, the smells. I remember the sunlight on the hood of my car. I remember everything about that moment in time. And the Lord spoke to me, and he, said, he gave me a promise. The first part of the promise was that I would greatly succeed in ministry. The second part of the promise was that my parents would get saved. <laughs> well, that they would get saved and come to the church that I was going to be working for. Now, that, let me tell you, that was 
I have to admit a little unbelief in that one because that, that one shocked me. There's a third part of the promise that I can't share because it was so personal. Well, it all came true. But I had the most discouraging days. Uh, we did not have a relationship with my mom and dad for 10 months. Uh, and after 10 months, my parents contacted us and you know we were restored in an awkward relationship with them for a while. And then I led my parents to the Lord and my parents started coming every single week to our church. And at that point, I was the senior pastor. And they thought I was Billy Graham. They thought I was the greatest preacher in the history of the world. And I had a wonderful relationship with my mom and dad ever since my mom's still alive. But until my dad passed away, we had a wonderful relationship. And he was, you know, he felt terrible, uh, you know, for everything that had happened before that. But he told me a million times how proud he was of me and all of that. I warred with that word because when I came into the ministry, it was very discouraging. I mean, there were, I can't tell you how discouraged I got in the ministry. First of all, after 10 months on staff as a marriage and pre-marriage uh, counselor, the pastor left and took a church in Florida and the elders asked me to step in temporarily to fill his place until they could figure out what to do. Well, after about a month, they asked me to be the senior pastor. See, I wanted to preach. The Lord called me to preach. I did, being a marriage counselor is fine. I wanted to preach. So I became a preacher at age 29, and it was very difficult. I had no experience in the ministry. I'd never been to seminary. Um, most of the people, I would say 98% of the people in our church were very supportive of me and very precious. 2% weren't so precious, and they were very difficult, and I wanted to quit regularly. Um, and so, you know, um, the church grew very rapidly and the church went from a thousand to 10,000, uh, over a period of about 25 years. And, um, but I went through a very discouraging period of time, uh, and the Lord had fulfilled everything he had said to me that day I was driving out of the parking lot, but I had to war with that word because Satan came to me many times. I mean, I had my resignation letter written out multiple times because I just didn't think I could take anymore. But I warred with that word. I had to come against the discouragement of the times I was in with that word. But then about 25 years later, I just went through a, a series of events. Uh, some were personal and some were in the ministry. And I, I was just discouraged. I mean, I, I wasn't discouraged. I was depressed. I'm not a depressed person. I wake up happy every day. Um, I was depressed. I, I wanted to leave the ministry. The thought of spending another day in the ministry sent me into depression. I just, I hated it. I didn't want to do it anymore. I'd, I'd had so much pain. And there had been good times and there had been wonderful times, but, you know, people can be really, really difficult and really hurtful. You know that. And uh, in a church of 10,000, we had precious, precious people. But we had some very, very mean, hateful people and some of them wanted to do me in. They didn't like me because I wouldn't let them do what they wanted to do. They wanted to do a bunch of dumb stuff. A lot of prophetic people are just really wonderful people. You know, they're just, they give you a good word. Some prophetic people are very weird and they want to control and they want to really destroy. And I had, I had some of those people in the church and I wouldn't let them have their way. And they, they didn't like me to say the least. Well, they did a lot of damage. They spread lies about me in the community. I mean, I, I, I was shocked at how vicious they were. Well, one day I just got really down. So a group of my friends, my wonderful friends, came over, and they were in my office. We were, we were at my house, and my office was above our garage. And 
I was in my office and I, I was crying. I'm, I'm not a crier. I mean, I cry like once every 15 years, whether I need to or not. And um, I'm not a crier. I was sobbing and I was just, I was brokenhearted. I was depressed. And they were all there just in, trying to encourage me, but I was pretty much inconsolable. And one of them looked at me and he said, uh, Jimmy, I want to give you a word from the Lord. And this is a very, very trusted friend of mine who hears God. I said, okay. And he said, this is going to be over very soon. And the next season of your life in ministry is going to be the easiest you've ever had and the most fruitful you've ever had. Well, it, I, I appreciated, you know, I appreciated it, but it was hard for me at that point to believe it. But when they left, that word stayed with me. That was, that was the word that stayed with me. And I warred with it. And I just had to wake up every day saying, I'm going to make it through this. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to quit. And the Lord has promised me that the next season was going to be easy and it was going to be fruitful. Well, can I just tell you something now? Because this is 15 years later, however much time later it is. This has been the easiest season of my life in ministry. And the greatest fruit in my life has been in the last 15 years. By, by far. There's not even any... There, there's no way to even calculate it. And I look back on that day and that season in my life, and there's been many other words that I've received that were encouraging. But I'm talking about two words, the word that I received the day that I left our family business and went to the ministry, and the word that I received on the day I wanted to quit. And those words carried me through very difficult times. I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it to this point right now if it wouldn't have been, not just for the word of God, but for the words that I received, our, our daughter was fighting infertility and she had done everything she could do. I mean, they had done everything they could do as a couple to get pregnant. She couldn't get pregnant. Very discouraged. And they had prayed about it and they felt like the Lord had encouraged them to keep going, that they were going to have a child. And one day at church, a man walked up to my daughter and son-in-law and he said, can I give you a word the Lord's given me? And he didn't know. And uh, they said, sure. He said, by this time next year, you'll have a child. And, um, and she cried, you know, it really touched her heart. And, but see, it confirmed what they'd already heard. And uh, can I tell you that the ne next year, uh, they didn't have a child. They had two, they had twins. These are our precious granddaughters that turned 18 years old this month. And that word, that prophetic word, so encouraged uh, our daughter and son-in-law and us too, but it came true. And so I'm saying to you, precious saints of God, God loves you and God has a word for you. He has his word, the written word for you. But also at certain times, he's going to speak to your heart. He's going to come to you prophetically. He's going to tell you things to come to encourage you so that you can war with that word through the bad times. Sometimes he's going to send a believer to you and they're going to come to you and they're going to say, hey, can I tell you something the Lord shared with me? Not to control you but just to confirm something that God's already spoken to you. And with those words, you war. Paul said, Timothy, you remember these prophecies and you wage the good warfare with these prophecies. And so I'm just reminding you, I'm just encouraging you right now. I want you to be a person of the word. I want you to win the word war every single time the devil comes against you. You fight him with the word of God and you're gonna win. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that you would encourage them today to stand up. And some of them are going through very difficult times, maybe related to COVID-19, maybe related to their employment, 
or their ministry or their church or something, but I'm just praying right now, encourage them, Lord. Speak to their hearts. Let them stand up and open their mouths and quote the word of God to Satan and to their circumstances. Lord, thank you that you give us prophecy. Thank you that you give us your word and let us be warriors of the word of God. Let us stand up against any force of darkness that would come against us and fight for our destiny and fight for our future in God. I pray blessing over every person, couple, family, church, business, over every person listening right now. I speak blessing over them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining me. See you next time.